In this week's episode, we get our badass assassin back with Web of Black Widow number one, Todd McFarland is making a milestone, and the new title Everything is all that and much, much more. It's all happening now on Cover B. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Cover B. Welcome back, family. We survived the hurricane because yep. we and, got uh, nothing. I guess real quick, just shout out and positive thoughts to anybody who is uh, in the way of Dorian. You know. What I mean? Yeah, everybody in the Bahamas, our thoughts are with you. Yep. We are yep. donating supplies. We are doing our part. We yep. hope you guys recover quickly and that the water recedes. And so, it sucks, man. Be safe. Be smart. Um, for those of you that are about to get hit by it as it goes up the coast. But our thoughts go out to you. Yes. And now comics. <laughs> yeah. Segway into comics. Um, Speaking of our thoughts. <laughs> Okay, we're gonna we're gonna uplift those who are troubled with comic talk. That's what we're doing. Okay. We're providing I like it. we're doing a service, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's how I justify this. Man. <laughs> I'm gonna talk about Marvel first. Cool. Yeah. So do you guys remember when I was complaining a whole lot about the black cat book? Yes. Well, Marvel technically fixed it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Be- not in Black Cat. Black Cat's still weird. Yeah, yeah. But instead, they gave us Web of Black Widow number one this week. Oh, nice. And it is awesome. Is it good? Oh, my God. It's so good, you guys. It's so good. The art is good, mm-hmm. and the story is good, and it's mm-hmm. subtle, and Black Widow's all, I'm going to kill people because I can kill people, and I don't care. I'm going to kill you. And I'm doing stuff, and Tony's all... You're being a loose cannon. And she's all, shut up, Tony. You ain't own me. And then she like <laughs> hologram. She like holograms and is like deuces. And he's like, oh, shit, that's my thing. And she's like, nope, I'm a woman. I do better. And it's great. <laughs> I'm a strong, independent black widow. Don't she's, need no Iron Man. She's so great. And there's like this cool, like double page spread of her beating the shit out of people with her ballerina moves and it feels all like James Bondish and it's amazing guys i was really sad when i read last week's catwoman because it's not the same author mm-hmm. it's a different feel yeah. it's much more i miss batman and i was like Son of a bitch. I wonder what Batman's thinking about right now. That's basically the whole flipping book. I'm not even kidding He's you. He's so dreamy. I wonder if he was going to save me. I thought he did. I'm like, oh my God, shut up. We got over this already. I Literally, hope- we spent like 13 issues getting over this already. I hope Batman asked me to prom. Oh, it was so... Ugh. The best part of that book is that there's a little kitty and he's really cute the whole time. Meanwhile, Harley and Poison Ivy are like, tell me more, tell me more. <laughs> Yeah, basically. Except I feel like Ivy'd be the one that's like, sounds like a drag. Yeah, Ivy would <laughs> be the Rizzo. It's true. It'd be great. Um, Ow. But, so that was really bumming me Why out. But this <laughs> this is great. The The new web of Black Widow is great. Jody Hauser. Go check it out. Go get it. It's beautiful. It's interesting. The voicing is on point, And you should read it. Why did you set my chair up? 
so that the leg of the table was literally in my leg space. <laughs> I actually didn't touch that chair when I set up the whole scene. Mm-hmm. That's where you had it last. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't believe you. You probably had, like, the computer on the chair. Hey, so House of X. <laughs> oh, God. Here we go, guys. Once again. Um, it was good. What? <laughs> did you read it? No, yeah, I did. It was... <laughs> It was absolutely bonkers, but I can't say anything about it because the things that were bonkers are complete spoilers. So I got to just say it was amazing. And as I like continue to read these, I'm going to keep telling people that they need to read them. But this was a big issue. And it was weird because like, I feel like a lot of, I mean, again, more questions come to the surface, but I think a lot of like connections were made in this one, but on that like track, you know it's an unimportant issue yeah it's not listed as a red issue it's just like if this here's house of x4 yeah no but like for real if this is like a blase issue to hickman what in the hell is number five gonna be um good god so i went back to i haven't been doing this on every single one because i just haven't cared um but i went back to my alphabet on this one the like uh krakoan alphabet or whatever yeah and looked at the previews and the next issue is titled something sinister so it's obviously going to involve mr sinister who we know is a player in the whole like powers of x cloning vats thing right right. so we're gonna probably find out how that was set up um and i think this issue might lean a lot of like might give a lot of hints as to why sinister is invited into the fold um, and I'm excited because uh, there's some creepy shit about to happen. <laughs> um, and then uh, the following issue is just called Society. Uh. And the cover is like Apocalypse, like pushing his way through reeds. Isn't that a red issue? Uh, maybe. I don't know. I don't remember when the next red issue I think is. House, it's coming up. I think House number five is the next. Yeah, House five. I think. Because yeah, we'll have Powers four. I think it's Powers five, though. Because they've been doing the, like, flip-floppy oh, stuff. Oh, okay. But, yeah, I think we're, like, two issues away from, like, one of the big Ooh. red ones. And then the last Power six, which is the last one of the 12-issue mini, is also a red issue. So we have two more. Stress two, me out, Hickman. Two more in the red range. But... Just yep. me out. Once again, House Powers, you need to be reading it. This issue was big. <laughs> and I, like I said, I think there's some really creepy stuff. I hope he takes it in the really effed up creepy way that I think he's going. Um, but we'll see. I got to say, too, I, I'm reading both. I'm reading House and Powers. But I'm actually liking House more. Yeah, fair. I think that's weird. But, like, I kind of... I think it's because I, I I easily identify all of the characters in House, whereas Powers you're not really meant to identify with the characters because they're new most of them. But that kind of makes it less impactful because we also didn't get a whole lot of setup to who they are, or why we care. Mm-hmm. So yeah, fair. I don't know. I'm I'm enjoying House more, so this was a good issue. Good, cool, cool. Um. Speaking of groups of people that we may not know very well, <laughs> um, this week we saw Alpha Flight True North number one. Nice. Which I have gotten very familiar with Alpha Flight in its relationship to Captain Marvel 
and how recently they have been manning the space station and protecting all of Earth. Earth. But this pulled us back and put it back in Canada, where it belongs. And so um, we jump around from different provinces in Canada and are introduced to some characters that we may be familiar with if we read some of the Captain Marvel Off of Light stuff and some characters we may not be familiar with if we hadn't read old-timer Alpha Flight stuff. Um, mm-hmm. There was some Alpha Flight stuff in, like, early 2000s that was referenced. And it was cool because even though you didn't really know, you might not necessarily know the characters if you didn't read older Alpha Flight stuff, it, it did a good job of positioning you in such a way that you still cared and you were easy you were able to easily jump in to whatever was going on. Um, so that was really cool. And I really enjoy the characters. I think they're really endearing. Mm. They do a good job of making them very relatable and um, just kind of nice and endearing. It's just nice. Um, so I hope I hope we get more Alpha Flight, honestly. I think they're setting up to give Alpha Flight its own run here pretty soon because nice. I think this was a one-shot of That'd just cool. some, some yeah. vignettes. Um, but they did Kelly, actually, Kelly Thompson in the Captain Marvel run. Captain Marvel just got kicked out the military by the government because mm-hmm. um, they're like, you're a Kree spy, heathen. And so she got she got axed and she like resigned from Alpha Flight even though – uh, Abigail Brand was like, you don't have to go nowhere. I, I the law needs to respect me. I don't respect the law. <laughs> and um, Danvers was like, nah, pass. So currently Abigail Brand is in charge of Alpha Flight and they're flying solo. Okay, um, cool. So I'm hoping that's a segue in which somebody is going to pick up the reins and give us some more Alpha Flight, maybe some, some Abigail Brand heavy Alpha Flight. Mm-hmm. I love her so much, you guys. More Abigail, please. Um, I mean, they could. It could even be that they pop up in the continuing Avengers story arc, because like one of the big Avengers things is that like kind of all these different people are picking up their own teams, their own like Avengers team. Hmm. So like the Avengers are now. Uh, Black Panther is the chairman of the Avengers, so they technically are like a vehicle of Wakanda. Right. They consider themselves, like, not. And Black Panther's even like, no, they don't belong to Wakanda. And their base is in, like, the Arctic. So, like, <laughs> you know, we're not Wakandan Avengers. Um, but America was essentially like, not my Avengers, hashtag. And got their own <sighs> and, like, reformed the Squadron Supreme under an evil Phil Coulson and Mephisto. Because comics. And then there's also Red Guardian and some other, like, Russian-based people, Ursa Major and some others, are forming their own Avengers team with, like, the Russian government and this really creepy Red Widow involved. So it's very possible that throw Alpha Flight in the mix and then you have this big, like, World War Avengers thing going on, you know what I mean? That would be dope it'd be pretty cool and then you know you have like the agents of atlas are kicking around in that's Asia. true so like you have all these teams popping up like very avengers-esque teams popping yeah. up in all these different like continents and countries so like alpha flight could easily flit like fit into there you know that'd and, be like, really cool in now that they're back in canada huh so, 
That'd be cool. That would be really cool. I'd be down for that. Yep. Anyway, it's quick. It's cute. Alpha <clears throat> Flight True North number one. Go get it. Uh, moving over to DC, uh, there's a tie-in book for Deceased out this week. It's called Deceased, Good Day to Die. Um, it has a really fun uh, horror movie cover. You know, they've been doing the like horror movie covers on yes. all their books. Uh, this one is for The Conjuring, so it's the deceasing. <laughs> like, I like that somebody got that past editorial they're just like this is funny just do it we're doing this except um, this it was a cool little cool little uh companion piece it was released at a good time because it like alludes to things that possibly happen in the next issue of deceased right without giving it away but it's also not like mired down in like stuff we already know about deceased that's my biggest problem with a lot of like marvel tie-ins because marvel does so many tie-ins with their events that they get released at these weird, like, in this, like, cattywampus order where it's, like, <laughs> you know, you'll read the main issue and you're, like, oh neat. And then you'll read, like, a Spider-Man tie-in and it's referring to things that happened two issues ago. And then you'll read, like, an X-Men tie-in and it's referring to how the thing ends, you know? And right. it's, like, eh. They just aren't very good at, like, timing up, like, this is the content. And they're doing it again with Absolute Carnage. Like, I haven't read the ones from this week admittedly i haven't read the absolute carnage tie-ins i figured i'm not going to be talking about them so i'm just kind of delaying the absolute well, carnage stuff it's gonna happen um but like the ones from last week they were like weirdly kind of stuck in the first issue huh. you know what i mean like it was yeah. info like the um lethal protectors one took place before absolute carnage versus deadpool you know yeah. and like right before it because it opens with spider-man calling jameson to be like hey we're coming you know yeah um, that happened a lot in war of realms too yeah or no it, it takes place before i guess it takes place before absolute carnage one because that's when spider-man was like hey we're coming can you clear this shit out um and then i forget what was the other one miles takes place literally simultaneously with uh absolute carnage 2 but they draw choreograph and dialogue the fight with scorpion and miles morales and venom and carnage and all the carnage things differently in both books <laughs> how does that even so work? like yeah there's a sequence where like scorpion and miles are fighting a bunch of like carnage guys and venom shows up to help and then bad stuff happens to miles um no spoilers but they yeah, they both of those happened in the books that released on the same week because Absolute Carnage 2 came out last week as well. Um, but they are completely different scenes. It's that's, the same scene, but completely different. That's so weird. So it's like this weird kind of time breach when you read both of those together. You're like, oh, this is that sequence. Different dialogue, different action. Literally things play out differently than how they happen. That's so weird. And so it's just, it's just bizarre. Um very very strange uh but this one was pretty good uh it focuses on characters we haven't seen namely you know mr miracle big barda and mr terrific and john constantine as well as others booster gold uh yep blue beetle um and Teddy. and wave rider <laughs> so um it was cool it was fun it was more 
deceased action, zombie-tastic action. Got to see some more, like, zombie heroes and stuff. It was pretty cool. It was really nice having a break and getting to see Big Barda hanging out <laughs> in a healthy relationship as her own yeah. independent human, not defined by any yeah. of the... Guys, Getting to unleash uh, her female fury, you might say. Don't don't say that around me anymore, okay? It's not okay. Fe- don't 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 do it. I will, I'll I'll kick you. Don't kick me. <laughs> don't unleash your female fury. Ow. <laughs> uh, <laughs> There's some female fury for you. Yeah, feel the fury. <laughs> Now, what did you read? I read the first of two Legion of Superheroes Millennium. Cool. Um, did all the characters stay the same race this time? Yeah, I think so. It, I don't... I Okay, so I thought going in, we were going to get introduced to some of the characters that we were going to see in legion of superheroes since they've been like pumping advertising into every dc book that exists i feel like bendis is really uncomfortable with this book and that's why they're like hyper advertising it they're like they're like how confident do you feel about it and he's like not at all and they're like well okay let's make it way over advertised um so i expected to get to know some of these characters that i don't know nope it focused around one character. Actually, admittedly, this book was great. It nice. introduces characters that I'd never heard before. It's uh, Rose and Thorn. Rose right? and Thorn. Yeah. Who's got this kind of like sentry thing going on, mm-hmm. which is cool. Nice. And because she's like disassociative or whatever. And it's, it's really interesting. Like. The dialogue is good, and the pacing is good, mm-hmm. and the story is cool, and I'm I'm into it actually. Nice. Like, good. I I don't know. I don't know what I was expecting going into it. I guess this is setting up that Rosenthorn is going to be a part of the Legion. I think. Yeah. Is what they're trying to get to. Um. It's weird though, cause it it's set. It's broken down into like four parts. With different artists mm-hmm. and different tones. Yeah. And so that's really interesting and kind of odd, but cool. It kind of works. It's very strange. You kind of just have to read it. I would suggest you read it because I dig it. It was good. Like, it, it was interesting getting to know the character. They did a good job. I don't know. It's cool because, um, you know, I thought it was a cool concept. I didn't read it, but I thought it was a cool concept, particularly now because Marvel's doing so many, like, check out our history things and then for dc to be like let's have someone like let's make a character literally go through the future of the dc universe and all the different stages so you got like batman beyond in there you got like commandi in there until we get to the legion of superheroes like thousand years in the future you know and I, I just think that's a really cool, like, juxtaposition versus Marvel's, like, let's go back in time. And DC's, like, let's go to the future, you know. It's really cool, too, because the segment with Batman Beyond is really poignant. Because it just does a good job of kind of talking about how, you know, there's so many damn bat people. 
And she's finally like, are you him? Are you the Batman? And he's like, no. And she's like, I thought if anyone was going to be like me, it was going to be him. Mm-hmm. And you kind of see her break. And she's like, you're just no. another bat baby. And I'm yeah. like, I love that line. Because they are. There's so many of these damn bat people that don't know what the <laughs> hell they're doing half the time. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, you are a bat baby. Stop trying to do shit that you're not ready to do. <laughs> so for those who want the context of my joke in the beginning, uh, like three weeks ago, I think it was, Superman 14 and Supergirl uh, 33 were supposed to come out. And they got recalled like a week before they came out. And the big buzz was that they were recalled because they had a uh, Year of the Villain tag on them. And they weren't Year of the Villain books. Hmm. Okay. And, you know, that's fair. But apparently some, like, promo, like, pictures of the backs of the books and stuff leaked. And what a lot of people think is actually the case and why DC didn't just, like, let it fly and be like, oh, well, whatever. Um, is because they put some older promotional imagery from the Legion thing mm-hmm. um, that had, I think, Lightning Lad as white and another character, forget who it was, as black. But in the upcoming Legion book, it's flipped. So <laughs> Lightning Lad's actually going to be black and this other guy's just going to be white. So they didn't want people being like, really stoked to have like a black this character and then it's like what he's white and vice versa um interesting weird like i guess somebody put the wrong or like an earlier promotional image before it got like finalized into the book um so that's why i was like is everybody stay the same race this time (laughs) that i know of this part because i saw you see I i was walking through my pasture of jokes and i saw just this this fruit and it was just hanging oh so low <laughs> practically at my knees he and i was it. like well <laughs> boop, let me pluck this lowest hanging fruit and that's where the joke came from fair enough i thought it was funny yep but that i'm aware of everybody was the right colors good but they didn't really show anybody Though we don't know what their color's supposed to be yet. True, yeah. So I'll get back to you on that yeah, yeah. when they introduce people. That'd be funny that if, could change it comes out, yeah, <laughs> if it comes out and just like every page, Lightning Lad's a different race. <laughs> what, at one point, he's just purple with a Thanos chin. Everyone's like, what? <laughs> That'd be a great reference, though. That'd Hell of an Easter egg. Yeah. Um, okay. So Moving on. What else on. you read? Uh, so a couple things from Image. One that I don't have a ton to say about because admittedly I haven't been reading this one. Um, but I picked this issue up because it's a historic issue. Spawn 300! Todd! So Big Papa Todd over at Image has, um... <laughs> he like it when I call him that. Uh, <laughs> I'm has, telling you said that. Yeah. He uh, is about to break a record, so the uh, he has tied the previous record, which, if I'm not mistaken, is Cerebus um, by Dave Sims. I think he was the uh, previous owner of the record. 
Okay. Um, but he's about to break the record for longest running um, creator-owned comic. That's so, so cool. Once he gets 301, which comes out, I think, next month, um, then it will officially be the longest running uh, comic. Woo! Creator owned comic, obviously not comic because action comics, but. um, Still, that is awesome. So they released, this week, they released this big ass effing uh, 300 issue. It's got like a million covers, literally A through Q. Um, Good lord, that's a lot of covers. (laughs) Yep. And it's it was cool. Like I said, I haven't really been reading uh, Spawn. Like I just haven't really been. There's I, a lot there. Yeah. So <laughs> it's I was. Kind of a loaded I was a wee lad when Spawn was like really first on the scene, um, and so I w- never really got it. It was violent. It was about demons because it came out in like 1992. And I, so I would have been four and I was reading comics back then, but it was all like X-Men and Sonic, um, <laughs> shit like that. And well, Spawn, I'm pretty sure Spawn had boobies and stuff. Spawn was not X-Men or Sonic. Um, <laughs> so I didn't get Spawn, but it, um, you know, it's always been one of those things I want to go back and catch up on. Obviously, uh, I just haven't had the time but i picked this one up read it it was good i feel like if you're keeping up with spawn or maybe you got away from spawn you're like oh, i just can't keep up there's so much going on now would be a good time to jump on it's a big old thick issue it's like 7.99 um and it introduces some new characters there's some interior art by j scott campbell which is crazy that's super random <laughs> he's all about doing the interior art all of a sudden freaking weirdo um <laughs> Just kidding, Jay Scott. <laughs> we love you. Love you. Um, but yeah, it was it was very cool. So definitely definitely worth a a pickup. Um, and then I also from Image read uh, Battle Pug it's number so one. Cute! So it's apparently I need to go back and get this, but it's apparently a continuation of the story from the Compugdium, uh, which is a collection of the previous pug related stories excuse me while i curl up in a ball in a cute gasm yep because compugdium compugdium i can't i can't even i cannot i cannot so it's essentially conan with a sense of humor it's the guy is he's got a name similar to chimerian i forget what his his race is or whatever Um, kilmandarian i think yeah kundarian or something i don't know uh milo Kundarian <laughs> or something. <laughs> um, <laughs> bizarre <laughs> literary reference. Uh, yep, it was written by Mike Norton with art by Alan Pasalacqua. Uh, and Norton, I think, did art as well. So writer and art, Mike Norton, and then Alan Pasalacqua helped with the art. Um, and Norton has a very funny kind of letter in the back about how he's become the pug guy because he also does the art on another one of my favorite books grumble (laughs) um and i'm not saying battle pug is one of my favorite books but it was a fun read it was really really cool it was conan with a sense of humor like i said 
the end of the book, he's going down to hunt the king of the north, who is Santa. Um, <laughs> and it's just, it has a great cast of characters. Like, And even though I didn't read the stuff in the Compugnium, I want to go back and read it. I didn't feel lost. Like, no. I kind of got a handle yeah. on who everybody is um, and what's going on. And it's just fun. It, it's a good read. So Battle Pug, number one, I highly recommend it. If you're looking for something that's, you know, lighthearted, fun. It was really cute. I enjoyed it. Shifting to something uh, much darker and bleaker and scarier. Ooh. Something is killing the children. Number one came out this week. <laughs> um, this is an interesting book. It feels very much to me like a book I read a couple years ago um, called Imaginary Fiends. And that book was about mm -hmm. a girl getting picked up by the government to help out with like a Men in Black style kind of like off the books agency that fights imaginary demons. Like the imaginary friends you have, only they're demons and they eat people and it's gross. Um, and she helps because she can see them and she has her own and they fight baddies and sometimes goodies. And it was a great read and I really wanted there to be more. There were only like eight issues and I was really upset when it got ended and didn't come back. Um, but this felt very much like that. It's all of a sudden about this cool chick who swaggers into town and is apparently part of some collective that fights monsters and monsters are real and it opens with this kid telling like a ghost story and then all his friends die gruesomely and you're like well shit okay <laughs> okay um it's got kind of a like less light-hearted hack slashy type feel to it um kind of got that imaginary fiends feel to it um i don't know i like your standard chick with a katana screwing with monsters i enjoy that i like me a buffy i like me a hack slash it's all it's all gucci to me <laughs> i i like it that's that's kind of my bread and butter i, yeah. I enjoy it yeah it, it's a very approachable concept you know what i mean it's like there's a monster kids are getting killed by it the adults and whatnot don't believe that they're the monster let's bring in like another youth i'd say she's like a teen or like a young adult. Young adult. Yeah. In twenties maybe. Yeah. Let's bring them in to take care of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. She's got a cool aesthetic. She's got that like handkerchief with the teeth on right. it. Right. These big like butterfly knives, and they're it's it's pretty cool. I like I like what's going on. Um, one thing with it had one part that <clears throat> I really enjoyed is that there's a splash page in the book that's just the title of the book. But you're reading, and it's, like, normal, and everything goes. And then you flip this page, and it's black page entirely with this white text. And it felt very much like when you're watching a Sam Raimi movie, and everything's fine. And then he kicks up the violins so that they're, like, breaking and maxing out your volume yeah. speakers. And yeah. all of a sudden, it's, like, title screen. I got that, like... You could really, <gasps> yeah, you could really feel the soundtrack there. Like, I got yeah. the, like, startle feeling <laughs> by flipping the page. And I have never experienced that in a comic. Mm -hmm. So, props to you, because that was dope. I gotta tell you, <laughs> my, like, 
my takeaway from that book, one of my favorite things from it was the principle and oh, how yeah. just he took, they did not lay into the like standard principle trope for like teen based horror movies. You know, yeah, like teen based horror, the principle is always like he's either going to be like gruff and hard to deal with and like angry or he's going to be very sweet and nice and wants to help, but just out and out dismissive of everything that's going on. Yeah. Um, and this guy was straight up just like a real dude and felt like a real character. And he was younger. Like he makes mention of that. He feels really bad for the kid. He wants to sympathize with the kid. Like, he wants to like help and stuff like that. Like it just felt like a completely different character for a principal. He felt like and I thought cheaty really from cool. the good place to me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like it yeah, was yeah. really cool. Like I was, I was like, I feel that. That was, was really cool. cool. And that's, you know, Hey, there's a casting for you. Cause, hey. <laughs> cause I think, uh, I, I think this one has a lot of TV potential. For oh yeah, definitely. So so. Absolutely. Uh, a couple more on the independent side of life that I want to cover. Uh, everything. Number one, uh, so that's everything is the title of the book, and it's the number one. Just <laughs> the first just, issue. I was like, how am I going to say this where it doesn't sound like <laughs> I'm just saying everything number one. Number one, you know. No, it's everything, the first issue of everything. Um, it is, I went in, so this is from Dark Horse. It's their Burger Books line, which a lot of those have been weird. Um <laughs> I've talked about one of them on the cast in the past, Invisible Kingdom. Really good. Check it out. Um, this one, so all the advertising for this one set it up like advertising for a new big box store. And the front, even like the front of the book, even looks like an advertisement for a new big box store called Everything. It's got a lady dressed in her like big box store uniform smiling at you. And so you're like, okay. You start to piece it, like you see the cover. You judge books by their cover. It's what you do. It's, it's what true. people tell you to do. <laughs> it's kind of the point. In every situation is judge a book by its cover. <laughs> Kids, if you're listening, judge every book by its cover. Um, that's what that's what people say, man. People aren't books. Uh, and where, where was I? I <laughs> So I, I, you know, looked at this and I looked at the advertising. It was obviously about big box stores. A lot of things that tend to be about big box stores or malls tend to be about like American culture. There's usually like brainwashing involved. There's like maybe government conspiracies, like that kind of thing. Like you right. think like Dawn of the Dead, it's set in a mall. Zombies are, you know, a metaphor for American consumerism right. and stuff like that. So. You know, you kind of go to that place. I have no fucking clue what this book is about. Oh, my God. Really? I literally have no idea. So it's written by Christopher Cantwell um, with art by I.N.J. Colbard. I wonder what the I.N.J. stands for. I'm really curious about that. I was looking up, like, I was writing down who who did the 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 creators for these because i like to point out the creators on indie books not so much marvel and dc books you can go shove it um <laughs> looking at you gary duggan uh anyway <laughs> i don't know why why do we make what? so many enemies <laughs> why can't we just make friends i'm not actually looking at gary duggan he's not actually in the room staring back at me uh Rob Liefeld is. Um, 
he has he has a cudgel <laughs> send for help oh wait we don't do this live i hope you guys enjoyed this he finally listened and he's had enough um just don't go for the feet i need those <laughs> not like you could find them Anyway, so everything. <laughs> so there's like a drunk lady and, you know, there's stuff that you expect. <laughs> that was such a weird transition. That was an interesting my, segue. My, my brain skips sometimes, so I'll like start to say something and then I'm like, wait, I got to go back and give more detail before I get to that point. But at this point, I was about to be like, there's a drunk lady and, you know, there's things that you expect to see from a big box store. <laughs> This is funny. I've lost all control. Um, <laughs> Did you have any control? <laughs> See, who does, man? Uh, so there are imagery and images that you expect to see from a big box store. Right. There, it's set like this huge store, like two level, like Walmart on methamphetamines is getting set up in some like small American town. Sounds delightful. Um, and it... And destructive. I wish I could remember if it was like Utah, maybe. That sounds right. Anyway, some small American town. Huge store getting set up there. You know, there's a big celebration. So you have a lot of the stuff that you expect to see that I expected to see going in. So you have like small business owners, you know, having trouble, maybe right. getting run out of town. You have people applying for jobs there. You have your typical like kind of brainwashed drone worker bees right uh and then you have like a crowd of people being like open open and just people swarming in like gathering stuff and all the general like you know general dialogue of like buy now save more like specials on this down in wildernessville and stuff Blue like light that special yeah and oh, so you have gone. you have all of those like kicking around all that kind of like diction involved of like customer service and sales and buy, buy, right. buy. But then you also have like a drunk real estate or bank lady, like drunk mortgage lady who is really just having a way of it, who goes into some sort of like trance when she hears some kind of song. And you have a dude who's just like on fire and you have like this homeless what? guy just like catches a, a blaze on this park bench and the worker bee lady finds him and you have like this guy who's like the city like a city planner or some sort of city council member who has this like weird ant problem and they're like forming shapes on his counter and stuff like that and that's it that's book one <laughs> we know nothing about the store there seems to be nothing sinister about this store. The people involved in the store are reacting to horrific things that are happening outside of the store. And that's just, Oh, and the small business owner is like trying to sell a stereo in his like small business. And then his windows just, just explode. <laughs> so I'm sure there's a lot of metaphor that's going to get built into this. And I am in, I am so in on how weird this is but it's it, amazing it was bizarre and cool and the art's really like just that kind of art style i like like it reminded me a lot of ice cream man it's that okay like, yeah kind of very 2d like you're very aware it's a 2d but it's moderately simplistic color palette 
uh, but just kind of gruesome facial expressions yeah. and stuff. It was very cool. Um, so I highly recommend everything from Dark Horse. Uh, I also wanted to talk about Midnight Vista number one. This is an Aftershock title. Uh, it's written by Elliot Rahal and with art by Sierra Meath. So, and as always, if I mess up your name and you hear this, sorry. Uh, Correct us on Twitter. Yep. Do it. <laughs> and then retweet all of our things. Yes. Uh, so this one was cool. It's, you know, a pretty straightforward alien abduction fair. Okay. So it's about this kid who gets abducted with his stepdad and then shows up like 17 years later. Holy naked, crap. naked in the middle of the Albuquerque street. And, you know, it's going to develop. Aged? Yeah, he aged. Oh, okay. Um, and it's going to develop, obviously, from there. And we get glimpses of the abduction stuff. And it was really twisted. Like, they had him, like, open. And the aliens were like, be calm. You need to be calm, Oliver. And um, <laughs> Yeah, stuff totally like going to be calm now. And he's like, Thanks. I fucking will. Uh, it was cool. It, um, the art was nice. Art was fun. Had some cool alien looks. Uh, so far, like I said, it's still pretty straightforward alien abduction stuff. Like, there's weird like aliens pretending to be humans that just got involved and stuff probably and it's set in albuquerque new mexico and stuff like that it's apparently based on a true account of alien abduction oh so you know based on so they just like take info off of like what people said you hear some you read it off wikipedia yeah yeah. um but that's cool that gives it a little bit of extra flavor i hope that person that it's based on is kate mckinnon's character from that alien abduction that would be awesome (laughs) um but yeah that one that one is worth checking out midnight vista number one and if you manage to get your hands on the one in ten incentive it is real good it's by raza and it's just this alien being like shh oliver we're going to touch you he doesn't say that. He's just going like, Shh, but still, that's what I imagine. The implication. That's what I imagine. He's like, don't tell the coach. Follow me behind the bleachers. <laughs> oh, know? my. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, we, uh, he's like, Shh, my mom and dad are asleep upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. We have fudge sickles in the freezer. <laughs> Shh. You know, you a mess. <laughs> the kind of things that aliens presumably say to people when they abduct them. Totally. Yeah. That all seems very yeah. straightforward and like, legit. Shh. You watch. Shh. Oh. Hey. <laughs> hey, man. Well, that's going to do it. Yep, that wraps it up. That's us for this evening, this day, whenever you happen to be listening. Some sort of pocket dimension in between time. Oh, man, if you got one of those, can you hook me up? Because there is not enough time in the day. Yep. Straight up. If you have a pocket dimension, let us know on Twitter or Facebook <laughs> at Cover Me Podcast. Or you can send us an email through our website, CoverBePodcast.com. See how I slipped it in there right there? Yep. It was really subtle. If you're stuck in some sort of loop and you feel as though you're not making the controls in your life, someone outside of it possibly watching Netflix is... Uh, you can let us know uh, by sending us a DM on Instagram. We both have Instagrams. We do, in fact, have Instagram accounts. I am currently this week posting some really creepy cosplay on Pennywise because It Chapter 2 comes out this week, Woo! which we will be seeing. See that. Not comic-related, but book-related, so kind of pertinent. Yep. 
yeah so cool come back next week yep there'll be another episode there will be where we talk about more comics i mean depending on what rob does <laughs> he's looking quite menacing you stay over there in that corner don't don't you come up okay we gotta we gotta Just go you guys put your phone on twitter and throw it at him that will distract him <laughs> twitter duking we gotta go bye bye